This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are excited you guys are here. Hopefully everybody has made it through the snowmageddon and the, and the melting. We are recording this on our first, uh, second day over freezing since the whole snowmageddon started. Can you believe we got like 18 <laughs> inches of snow here in yeah, Arkansas? Yeah, and uh, 200 and I don't know how many hours uh, below freezing. Of course... A lot of places have 200 days, I guess. But <laughs> right. Well, for us, it's you know, it's for us is major. Right. You know, now we're worried about flooding because it's supposed to start raining here soon. Right. Uh, which is just crazy that you know, four days ago it was like zero degrees overnight. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we we're glad you're listening to us. Hope uh, some of you saw our our uh, our Instagram about making some snow, making some snow ice balls for your cocktails, but. Uh, we're very, we are very happy that y'all are with us this week for a liquor episode, and we are doing Irish whiskey this week. So, Dad, That's right. what Irish whiskey are you doing, and what are your snacks? I'm doing John Powers Irish whiskey, and my snacks are Irish white cheddar cheese, shepherd's pie, and pecan pie. Cool. And what about you, Josh? I am doing the Sexton Single Malt Irish whiskey. And my snacks this week are some rare steak. It's a New York strip. And then I have a, it's called the Three Little Pigs Pizza from a local uh, wood fire pizza place here in town. And then I've got some Snickers and Twix. What? Yeah, I thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of candy pairing with this. Well, you know, I was starting to do some oars. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should have stuck with that. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. But uh, we got to talk about the blind from last week. Okay. So I blinded my dad on a beer. That's right. And he said Bud Light, I think about six different times. But I, fin- I finished not saying it was Bud Light. I said it was a, a beer that's very similar to Bud Light that lost 40 megs. And so, what was it, Josh? Well, he, you called it the second rodeo from. Oh, Lost that's 40. right. That's what it's called. Second and rodeo. It was Bud Light Platinum. Oh my goodness! So it was. It's you know, Bud. I kept sitting there going. <laughs> now, Josh warned me at I forget when it was. He said, "One of these days, I'm going to do a Bud Light on you." And I'm, I was looking at that beer going, mm, I don't think he did that. I don't think he did that. I don't think he did <laughs> and that. No, it couldn't be. It's second rodeo. And it just so happened that my friend Jordan was hanging out with another one of her friends, Kayla, and they had a six-pack of uh, Bud Light Platinum. There were a couple left over, and Jordan was like, you should, you should blind your dad on this. And it was, it was as, as glorious as I had expected. Now, for those of you Bud Light or really light uh, beer drinkers, the Bud Light Platinum is Bud Light, but they bumped the alcohol up to 6% rather than 4, I think it's like 4.5 or 4.3 normally. Right, and that was part of what was tricking me. Right, so they bumped up the alcohol on that one. So I told you I was going to get you, and I got you. But I think, you know, you did kind of call the style of the beer, which is kind of the American American light Pilsner light lager. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I'll, I think I'll give it to you on that one. Dad. I'll take it because... Uh... I kept saying Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like, man, did he get this just off the color? But anyway, yeah. that, was a, that was a fun one. But this week, we're going we're gonna to have some fun doing some Irish whiskey. Uh, we're going to start with yours, Dad, the John Powers Irish whiskey. So we talked about this before, 
and it was a blind and josh got it right because josh said it was a irish whiskey this was in back in episode number seven so some of you may not even remember it but we had a episode seven was liquor we did cocktails and then we were doing sparklings when we revealed what this liquor was and it was john powers and josh got it right so john power started in 1791 as an innkeeper from dublin he established a small distillery at his public house that's kind of a the public house is kind of the what now is referred to the pub and a lot of times those public houses had actual places where you could spend the night right it's kind of like the holiday inns of kind of kind of yeah and in australia and other um even new zealand you can go to the pub and upstairs is where you could have a night to sleep. Right. So I mean, that's you, how that started. All the travelers are going to go to the pub anyway, so they're exactly making a little extra money. And at that time, he's doing like 6,000 gallons uh, in his first year. Well, by 1900, they were doing a million gallons wow. of this Irish whiskey. And as I said in the episode where we talked about the blind, I really like this one. It's a, a smooth, honey color, honey smell whiskey. It's your typical Irish whiskey where it's distilled, triple distilled, you know. So it's very smooth in that regard. It's a, it's a, it's a really nice one. And I said in that podcast when we referred to it, I like it because my grandfather's name course now he's not irish but i did find out i had a little irish in me yeah but his name was john powers townsend so i kind of like that because it's john power and what happened with james power he and his son got together and they called it john power and son and then it referred back into the name powers and like i said before when you're looking around in the liquor store and you're trying to find it look for this big diamond yeah with a P in the middle of it. Yeah. And you'll find it. Yeah, you know, we talk, we've talked about it before, but, you know, whiskey in Ireland goes back a long, long way. Right. I mean, the word for, the word whiskey comes from the traditional Gaelic language, uh, you know, which means water, for, water of life. Exactly. So, you know, they, they've been distilling, they've been distilling it since, I think, probably around the, probably around a thousand i think is kind of a thousand ad ade is kind of what i saw when i was looking looking through the process and looking through my history on it and you know it was it'd been going that long monks brought distilling back from from ireland are you reading my century (laughs) no i'm not reading your notes i mean we're probably using a lot of the same sources right but you know it's just been going on for so long and you know 1700s you think, okay, well, that was a long time ago. Well, the first written, the first written thing about whiskey was in the 1400. All right. So that was 300 years later. Right. But this is a good smell in whiskey. You know, it's, what do you it's get, clean. Josh? Like you said, there's that honey, but for me, it's more like the honey honeycomb or like beeswax mm-hmm. kind of smell. And there's some fruit. I mean, I'm getting a lot of meat smells because there's a lot of meat going on in our tastings today. Well, I think that's where you're getting the meat smells because I'm not yeah. really getting that off the whiskey. I do yeah. get some lemon, 
and maybe some hazelnut, so I get some nutty notes. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna taste it before I bloom it. We'll go ahead. Irish cheddar that I got. It comes from cow's milk, and they they call this area where the cows are located the the Irish area. They call it the Garden of Ireland. The grass and the sun, and they get the buttery notes and the grassy notes and the sweet and the fruity flavor. I don't know how all that works when the cows eat this and you get all those flavors from the from the milk. Yeah. But that's really what this cheese is, and that's what we'll start with on the pairing. Okay. And then we'll go to the shepherd's pie, and then we'll go to the pecan pie. Not pecan, pecan. So this whiskey is... It's smooth. What's the alcohol in it? Because I'm feeling the alcohol. 43 and a half, I think, is what it is. 43 and a half. So what that means, it's going on the proof that's 86, 7, 87 proof. Yeah. That's so up there. That that's must up be there. why they, because it's a really specific number. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know to do the half. Uh, well, and one of the things that they pride themselves on, and I never could find any re- real details about it, Mm-hmm. But we've talked in other podcasts about the head, the heart, and the tail. Mm-hmm. They say that they use less of the heart than anybody else to make it that gold and more creamy than anybody else. Right. And maybe, maybe that makes that alcohol go up to this 43. I don't know. Well, I think, I think in the laws that percentage is kind of the, you know, like in bourbon, it has to be X, a certain percentage. And I think that's the same thing with Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm, it's got to mm-hmm. be a, a particular percentage um, when it comes to it. So is your, but it's really good. It's really smooth. You get that, that sweet kind of honeycomb, honey flavor, and it is a little bit hotter than I remember. So I yeah. like the alcohol hits you pretty hard, but it's really nice, really smooth, easy drinking. Now, remember, we've talked about this before when we've talked about how we taste whiskey. Uh, one of the things that we do is we bloom our whiskey by putting water in it. So we're going to smell it. We're going to taste a little bit of it to kind of get that initial hit. And then we drop some water in it. Dad and I don't use ice cubes when we're going through tasting. But I prefer my Irish whiskey on ice. Okay. Now, this now sex- we have some whiskey rocks. So if you wanted yeah, to do we, that, and, and listeners, if you don't know what whiskey rocks are, they're, I don't know if they're granite or what, what kind of rock they are, but they're, they're cubes that you would put in the freezer, and so they'd freeze as best you can a rock. And so if you don't want that water to infuse into your whiskey that comes from the ice, you can use these whiskey rocks, and it'll cool that whiskey down just like the ice will but you won't get that melting effect yeah so when we when we do that remember that kind of opens up the whiskey or it can open up any liquor to kind of show a little bit more that's going on i saw you do it did you get any new flavors so this one comes out a little bit more almondy okay so the nut the nuttiness is coming out a little bit i'm still getting that like sweet wax kind of flavor and there's oh it's gonna sound really weird but it's you're getting kind of that grainy 
like malted grain kind of smell on it because you know this is a malted grain it's a malted grain alcohol one of the things white chocolate really strange. yeah i didn't i didn't yeah, perceive like, that it's like a white it's like a white chocolate smell. Mm. one of the things that i did notice in my uh research is there's what's called chill filter and on this bottle mm-hmm. it says non-chill filter okay so, so what does what, that mean? So what whiskeys do is they don't do it when they get really high in alcohol, let's say at this level and above. But what they do is they, it's like a cold filter. It gets it below freezing, but of course the alcohol, the whiskey won't freeze. But those things that would haze the whiskey. Mm-hmm get in a in a little cluster and so they can't make it through the filter so that when you do put that ice in your whiskey it doesn't cause that whiskey to get hazy okay now this whiskey says it's non chill filtered because they feel like they don't need to do that mm-hmm. because it's such a clean whiskey and that reverts back to what I was saying about they're using more of the harp. Right. So that was interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't known about that. Mm-hmm. But even, you know, some of the big guys, Jim Beam and Wild Turkey, those guys, they chill filter because they want it to be non-hazy. Right. And then it kind of makes sense that you want to cool it down and you want to keep that clean, that clean flavor that's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Now, does it say what type of still they use? Because you can use multiple types of stills when it comes to Irish whiskey. This is pot still. It's pot still, so it's mm-hmm. traditional. Yeah. Some of the traditional pot stilling. Well, in fact, when he started, he had, at first, he only... But what said, happened with John Power is when he first started, he had one pot still that was only like 500 gallons. Mm-hmm. And so as as they got bigger and bigger and bigger in this distilling, what I read was they now have a, a pot still that's actually 25,000 gallons. Wow, that's massive. And they have multiple stills. Mm-hmm. So you, you can imagine to do a million gallons in a year that you'd have to have some big, big pot still. Mm-hmm. Now, is yours an Irish whiskey? Do you know, are they from Ireland or are they actually Northern Ireland? They're Irish because they are in Dublin. Okay, so they're one of yeah. I think, what, in Dublin there's probably like 12 different distilleries. You know, we went to Dublin and I didn't even, we went to, we never went to an official distillery. Really? We went to what was called the Irish Experience and it was like this museum kind of thing. Okay. And I look back on it and it's like, I got to go back, I got to go there's a lot of reasons to go back to Ireland, <laughs> well, yeah. but that's one of them to go through some of these distilleries. Because, you know, one of the main ones that probably everybody knows, Bushmills, right. is actually made in Northern Ireland now uh-huh. after mm-hmm. the split in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Now, the other one that most everybody knows, Jameson, mm-hmm. is, is still in, it's in Dublin. So I, I kind of think of like Dublin is like Munich. For mm-hmm. Irish whiskeys. Okay. Like kind of how Munich is for German beer, Dublin is for Irish whiskey. 
Now, there is Irish whiskey made outside of Dublin, like we just talked about. Mm-hmm. But there seem to be a lot of them housed there. And historically, it was, that, I mean, that was the place where it was. You know, back in the 1800s, you know, Dublin made more, or Ireland made more liquor and sold more liquor than anywhere else in the United Kingdom. Including Scotland. Including Scotland. Yeah. So that's more than any gin that was made. That's more than any scotch that was made and distributed and any other liquor that was made. So that was really, that was really interesting to me. So there's three different um, powers, and the one we're, we're drinking today is what's called the gold label. And that's where they cut from the heart more than normal, I guess would, we would say it. And then another one they have is called three swallow release. And it's a modern expression of what the original Powers whiskey tasted like back in the day of John Lane's distillery. Now, John Lane is the, that's the, the street, the lane, where the distillery is in Dublin. Yeah. And it's a single pot still. And then the, the last that they have is called the John Lane. And its release is a celebration of the original style. And it's matured for 12 years. So oh, wow. these, are, these are really good whiskeys, Irish whiskey. Yeah, they are. What's the price point on this one? The price point is less than $30. Okay. So if you get it, on, you know, if there's ever a sale on whiskey, you get it less than that. Right. It's not a bad price, and that's one of the reasons I like it. Now, you can go to Red Breast, and you can pay $79. Or you could go to some of the others that are more high end than that and pay really close to a hundred. Yeah, there's there's a lot of nuance when it comes to Irish whiskey now. And one of the things I like about this one is the price point. And in my mind, it's more the people's Irish whiskey mm, as opposed okay. to you know those really high end ones. So that guy that's coming out of the factory. If he's going to drink whiskey and he's in Dublin, he's probably drinking power. Yeah, he's, he's drinking, he's not drinking some of the higher ones. He's going to have, you know, Powers, Jameson, some of the, the ones that have been around forever, Bushmills. Mm-hmm. Well, so how, how do you think it goes with the cheese? I really like it. I haven't tried it, but I think it's going to go well because this, this cheese sort of has some nutty notes to it. Mm-hmm. And... If you've never seen it in the grocery store, look for a white uh, chunk of cheese. It's usually in a, like in a square. But look for that Irish green wax mm-hmm. that goes around this cheese. And that's just ding, 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 ding. This is Irish cheddar. Yeah, it's really good. It brings that nuttiness, brings out, brings forward some of the honey characteristics. And then you just kind of, in the... The texture of the cheese, so this is a hard cheese, but it, it, it is a very coating cheese when it's in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And it, that texture brings, it softens out the whiskey, and then it also just kind of bring for, brings forward that smooth, creamy nuttiness. And it's, it's, it's really good. So this, this uh, whiskey to me, I think I said it earlier, is it's, it's coating to the mouth. Mm-hmm. And so that coatingness, and I said honey, and I originally said hazelnut, mm-hmm. and let's see, you said almonds, is that right? Yeah, I said um, once so I bloomed e- it. Either one, this cheese 
accentuates that nuttiness. It accentuates that creaminess. And it smooths out that burn of the 43.5%. Mm-hmm. So it, I like this pairing. I've had it before. I didn't test it last night because I didn't really need to test it. <laughs> I mean, I drank some, but you didn't test it. Well, uh, the other thing about John Powers is, you know, it mixes well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of, lots of drinks that you can make with an Irish whiskey. I'll have to do a, a cocktail at one point. There's one that I really like that uses an Irish. You could use any whiskey, I guess, but I always use the John Powers, and it's called the Emerald hmm. because it's an idea of the Emerald Isle, which is Ireland, and this whiskey. Yeah, and I mean, I moved on to the Shepherd's Pie. It's, it's super traditional. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a beef Shepherd's Pie. It's not a lamb Shepherd's Pie. Yeah. And it's really good. That meatiness, the vegetables in there, and the creaminess of the of the mashed potatoes that are on top really kind of build up some of the earthiness and some of that, uh, like the earthiness. I always want to say barniness, but that's mm-hmm. not right because that's very much a wine term. But more of that like wood, earth, uh, char kind of feeling to, mm-hmm. the, to this whiskey. It brings that. But the whiskey is still... That honeycomb, that honey wax, just kind of cuts through, and still makes its pres- still makes its presence known while you're eating it. So it's a, it's another good pairing. Like I mean, you said, hard, it's pretty traditional pairing. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with shepherd's pie mm-hmm. and and whiskey. Mm-hmm. And we had this before. I'm trying to remember what we were. Oh. I think it's when we had the... Uh, I think it was when we did the porters. Yeah, I think it was. That's right. But it's, you know, it's it's really good. Now, this one is from Frozen. Obviously, it would have been, mm-hmm. it would be better if you homemade it or if you can find ground lamb <laughs> and do ground lamb and ground beef. Pickens are kind of slim right now for us because, you know, all you all you people in the north are, that live, <laughs> live places <laughs> where you're used to snow, <laughs> you actually have, you know, these big things called snow plows yeah and you have lots of them right and they take care of your roads we have dump trucks that have things in the front of them or we might have some pickup trucks <laughs> that the city yeah. uses our airport has more than the the county that we live in <laughs> yeah so it's just ridiculous but so we haven't been able to get a lot of our a lot of our grocery stores haven't been able to be restocked because they haven't been able to get shipments you know there's a, there's a, well, he's a drive through now, but he's a, there's a burger truck in town called Excaliburger. And, you know, he tried to open up because he rides out hurricanes. So he never closes just because it's cold or anything. But he had to close because he couldn't get enough food. Really? Like grocery stores and everywhere was out. And then he closed up the next day. Because he's like, look, cheeseburgers, cheeseburgers are a luxury. So rather than being a strain on the system, we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to close up and let, let them go. And I, I love Excalibur. One of these days, we're going to have Excaliburgers on this podcast. I will go. Okay. 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 Because they're so good. Anyway. The other thing about Ireland and Scotland is sometimes they use peat or the turf to infuse that smokiness into the scotch. Now this, or the whiskey. 
This whiskey is not smoky. Yeah, I don't think it's used very much in Ireland. Not as much in Ireland as it is in Scotland. But I've got a page here I'm looking at. It's peated single malt Irish whiskey. So there you go. Yeah, and so that's the thing about Irish whiskey as well. And we'll talk a little bit more when we get to mine. Is you can have all different types of Irish whiskey. I think there's like five different labeling label add-ons that you can have and one of them is single malt i think one of them is peated mm-hmm. uh, pot stilled mm-hmm. there's just there's all sorts of different types it's a lot it's a lot more open than like scott than scottish whiskey terms that can be on a bottle right yeah you can have single pot still single malt single grain blended all those can be on the bottle and they all have their own what does it mean to be that, uh, to be on the bottle? But There's a bar that uh, a lot of the locals went to, and I, I was trying to find the name of it, but I couldn't find it. There was a fire in, in the 1800s. In Dublin? In Dublin, and it burned a lot of that bar. Mm. Well, workers of the Powers Distillery came out and rebuilt it. Oh, wow. So... That that's the kind of people we're dealing with. I mean, they have they have a two hundred year history, and it's like, how do you survive for two hundred years unless you're doing a lot of the right things? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's who they are. Yeah, when they, I mean, and they, like you said, they've been around a long time. They know what they're doing, and it's a good whiskey. Have you tried the pie? I just ate some of the pie. No, so this is a pecan pie, a homemade pecan pie. The infamous Joanne homemade. Yeah, it's mom's pecan pie. It's not quite as sweet as her normal ones. Mm. It's a little bit not as sweet. And the whiskey goes really well with it because the sweetness of the, of the filling of the pie goes along with that honey sweetness of the whiskey. Plus the nuttiness goes really well with that. And the sweetness kind of cuts down on the field, the alcohol as well, and it's just, I mean, it's another good, it's another good match. You know, the pecans are not real earthy, but they have enough earthy characteristics to kind of draw out some of the earthiness of the, of the whiskey itself. Right. And the honey that's in there, and the, the filling of the pecan pie, which is a lot of Cairo syrup, and eggs, and I'm not sure the rest of the recipe does the same thing yeah and of course she makes she makes her own crust if she has the time yeah but i mean that's a that's a great pairing you know when you're going sweet with this whiskey you want to make sure that something is it's got a good amount of sweet but it's not just like cloying cloyingly sweet you want it to have some like caramely kind of caramely kind of flavors going on because that that will really match with the whiskey uh, when you're thinking about this, like I don't think this would be good with like a lemon ice box pie or oh, probably no, no, or something like that. I mean, it would be okay because you know, eat what you like, drink what you like. But when we're talking about pairings that go together, I think that wouldn't work as a contrast. But a chocolate pie, like a chocolate pie, pie would be good, or even some fruit pies. Yeah, so I, I think I had some pretty good pairings, John. Yeah, you have some good stuff. It's going to be hard to pick kind of what's the what's best on the plate. So anything else you want to talk about? With I think your we covered enough. Okay, great. So we're going to switch over to mine now. Mine is 
probably easier to find on the shelf than yours. Maybe. Even though yours is, you know, it's got that big diamond and a big P and the white label. But my bottle is a hexagonal bottle. Right. So the bottle is a short squat hexagon. And this is the Sexton, Sexton Irish whiskey. This is a single malt Irish whiskey. Oh, okay. So following the same lines of like single malt scotches, this is a a single malt Irish whiskey. It is also made by a female master distiller. Oh, man. So they're doing some really cool stuff. So we're going to switch over to it. Just looking at it, it is, to me, it's darker. Oh, definitely darker. Than... The John Powers. It's more. Oh, yeah. It's more caramely colored. And um, before we jump any farther, just a reminder: my snacks. I've got my snacks. I've got a a three meat pizza, a wood fire pizza from a local pizza place. We've got some uh, New York strip cooked rare, and then we have some Snickers and some Twix. So I think we'll kind of we'll eat it in that order. Okay. Or whatever order you want. Let's be honest. <laughs> At this point. So, like I said, this, we're doing the Sexton Single Malt Whiskey. They have a female distiller whose name is Alex. Uh, she's one of the first female master distillers, I think, in, in Ireland. And this is aged in sherry casks. So, this is going to be a lot like scotch. I noticed it, and that's what I thought. Got the smoke, a little more smoke. I, I got the... The aroma that I normally get with a scotch, which kind of has that sea uh, salty yeah. to it. I haven't tasted it yet. Yeah, and this is, it's unpeated. Okay. So when I first tried this, I poured it into just a rocks glass because I was like, yeah, it's Irish whiskey. I'm probably, I'm going to taste it neat because I know we're going to taste it neat in the podcast. So I can get some ideas for pairings. Then I'm going to scoop, I'm going to put an ice cube in it. Like I was already like, eh, whatever, you know, it's Irish whiskey. So I'm not getting the alcohol burn. I know. So I take that first sip with my friend Jordan and she was already, she was already, you know, going back at me too. Like, oh, 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 Irish whiskey. Oh, well, you're making me drink it straight. Well, so we both take a taste and we look at each other and we're like, oh man, this is good. Mm-hmm. Like you could, I could drink this neat. I did put ice in it. Because I wanted to see what it did. But this is so smooth. It is. And like you said, when you nose it, you know, we haven't bloomed it yet. No. You don't get the alcohol. You just get a sweet, it's almost like candied nuts. Like candied pecans. Sort of getting a honeysuckle or yeah, some kind of There is some flowering. like sweet floral. Mm-hmm. Sweet floral note. And I get, I get some lemon zest. I get some type of like citrus zest that goes with the flower. And well, I got a little lemon zest with, with the powers. I don't get as much this one. Yeah. It's down in there. I would call it a tertiary or a third level smell. First thing I'm getting is that like candied nuts. It reminds mm-hmm. me of the candied nuts that you get at the Capitol Hotel. Oh, okay. Had that little bit of. Little well, bit what of ABV pepper. is it, Josh? The ABV on this is 40. Okay. Yeah, so it's for it's forty ABV. So we're professionals. We know we know that it's not as alcohol as the power exactly. just from nosing it. <laughs> just, oh well, yeah, because you know we I still know we could perceive three three. Well, and it may not be what it may not be that may not be what we're perceiving. We you know it could be 
just something about the way it's made is presenting more of the alcohol in the glass. Right. Because, I mean, we've had it with bourbons where we've had two bourbons. That's They've right. both been 40% and one and smells more burning alcohol. us up. Right. The other one hasn't. Well, we'd have to go back and see if that was the first or the second. Right. Maybe it's just that we're drinking. <laughs> and now I'm we're wondering. <laughs> where our noses are just more used to it. But I'm going to sneak in here a little footnote. <laughs> it was Fallon's Pub. Oh, okay. And yeah. there was the Great Fire in Dublin in 1875, and the wall behind the counter was rebuilt by the workers of Powers Distillery. I wanted to get that in and get, the, get it exactly right, because I think that's so cool. Yeah, that is. That those people would come out and, and work. Now, that might have been an ulterior motive, because when Fowens was selling John Powers, just saying anyway i just just snuck that in yeah yeah (laughs) but no that's um that's really cool but i I snuck a taste of this and it is it's so smooth i'm getting like orange and like orange blossom honey lightly nutty it is so different than the john power it is like you put these side to side side by side and tell me what type of liquor they are it, it, you're going to be like, these aren't the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I could tell you they're whiskey, but I, I, I mean, this. No, you might taste the John Powers and go, okay, that's Irish whiskey. And then when you get to the Sexton, you'd go, that's scotch. Yeah, it's, it's got such We got finesse. an E on this one and no E on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's got so much finesse on it. And I, I haven't put water in mine yet. Have you? I didn't either. With the prices of scotch these days, dead gum. You know, scotches we used to be able to get for fifty, sixty dollars a bottle are now eighty, ninety dollars a bottle, mm-hmm. which is just insane. Uh, that's that's for another podcast. But I could see, I could see using this in kind of a replacement for a scotch. You know, if I if I wanted to have scotch but didn't have the money to buy a whole bottle, I could buy this because this was thirty dollars. Well, they're the same price point mm-hmm. then, right? Yeah. So, but no- like you said, my favorite scotch is up there around eighty. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Oban 14 is $91 a bottle. Well, I like Oban 14 too. but, but that, I mean, well, I used to buy the 18 right. for $80. <laughs> I used to buy it for $80. Right. And now it's 125 No, really. I'm just like, this. it's getting ridiculous. Anyway, but this is a good, I think this could be a good replacement because you still have some of that finesse. If you like those Highland styles, non-peated, non-peated scotches. So I put a little water in it and boy, it made it so much smoother. Yeah, it really. Now, I didn't get any different, any bigger floral notes. No, I'm I'm getting more citrus now that it's bloomed. I get Yeah, more it's like orange zest or mm-hmm. something. But it's it's really good. So like I said, you know, this is, it's a single malt. Irish whiskey, and but this one is done in what's called a coffee still. Mm. Now a coffee still is a can is one of the first continuous stills that was ever made, and it was created by an Irishman named. It was his last name was Coffee, uh, so that's why it's called a coffee still. It's like oh, a okay. big, it's like a big big column, and you can each there are different sections in it. You can take each section out. Mm. And so you can kind of change your distilling level. Hmm. So it's basically, it's a continuous, it's a continuous still. So it's definitely stilled more than three times because of how the 
how the continuous stilling process works. It was, it's just, it's a fascinating process. You know, even some of the Japanese guys, Nikani, they have a coffee, they call it a coffee grain. Oh yeah? Whiskey that is made with a big coffee still. And like I said, this is aged in sherry barrels, but they're aged in Oloroso sherry barrels, which is kind of one of the higher levels of sherry. Oh, okay. That's why you get that darker color. You get that darker color, but you also get some of that smoothing, mm-hmm. so smoothing characteristics. And I think some of that citrus is probably coming from there as well. Do you know how many years it's in the cast? It does not state. It does not state it. So I do not know. I do not know that. I think it's in there for a while. Yeah, but there's there's no age there's no age designation on right. the bottle. Yeah. And- I don't think any of the Irish whiskeys have an age designation. Well, they do. You said that upper level of John Powers has twelve. That okay. That was that one. So, yeah, yeah, they right. they can't they can have it. That's right. They're not typically age defined, but they right. can have it. You know, they can also use coloring. Yeah. In in it, so that can kind of, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that they don't age des age designate. Mm-hmm. Because they can use the coloring, kind of like Canadian whiskey. What are we starting with on the pairing? Um, let's go ahead and start with the pizza. The pizza, okay. So this pizza is a, it's called the Three Little Pigs. It's got bacon, ham, and pepperoni on it. And it's a wood fire pizza from a local place called Zaza's here in town. Mm-hmm. And Zaza's is one of my favorite places when I'm going to get like high-end wood fire pizza. Mm-hmm. I just think it would, I just, I just thought it'd be a good pairing with the meat and the cheese and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, going with it. And maybe that little bit of char mm-hmm. that it has. Yeah, and that's why I wanted like to get a good wood fire pizza. And there's good sweetness with that sauce. Mm. Take a bite and let me know what you think. Pizza's fantastic. I've had it before. Mm-hmm. Let me try the whiskey. You know, that pulls out that pizza with the with the different meat characteristics and the, and the char. I brought out some... Maybe some meat characteristics. Yeah. That, that orange zest we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Gone. Really? And the smoothness of the whiskey still there. I'm not getting your whiskey, the Sexton, is lower in alcohol, but it seems like it just kind of dropped from tasting the pizza. Yeah. It's a little bit more spicy. Yeah, there's some spice notes. You're right. That weren't there normally. Or not normally, but at the at the beginning, and so like I said, you know this the they are they have a woman master blender. Um, her name is Alex Thomas, and she is, you know, I think she's just created a a phenomenal. Yeah, this is Sexton. Uh huh. A phenomenal whiskey. It's I don't know. Like there's there's not a whole lot of information about it. When I was doing the research, you know, on the bottle it talks about how how they. They go, they're kind of up in the northern reaches of the county that they, that they get into. And it's known for making the, gra- the grains of barley. So once again, this is barley and the malting. And mm-hmm. they used to use copper stills up there. Mm-hmm. But m- they chose to use the, um, uh, some of those more, oh, this is a copper pot still. I misread that somewhere. So this was actually, this is actually a copper, uh, a pot stilled one just like yours was um, it in in dublin or where is um it doesn't say 
exactly where it is. I'm wondering if it's in Northern Ireland. No, it, it says product of Ireland. It's triple distilled okay. as well. But it doesn't actually say where the distillery hmm. who who they distill under. Now, something I, uh, something I kind of learned, you know, back in the beginning, and I think it's probably still done, that sometimes you'll have distilleries that will allow different companies to distill in them. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a co-op or co-op still so you can get, make whiskey in but you don't have to have the upfront cost of right having a of having a, a full distillery. You can just use their equipment to make your whiskey. It in. says the north coast of Ireland. Okay, so it's probably it's it may not be in northern cuz northern Ireland doesn't go all the way across. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But it may be up there near kind of the Bushmills area. Right. And, but it, I mean, it's a, I think it's a, just a fantastic whiskey. And it go, like you said, it goes well with the pizza. And I think for me, it brings out more of the peppery notes in the, in the whiskey. Yeah, it did. It really did. That weren't really there when you first drank the whiskey. Yeah, pizza's so good. I <laughs> But it was interesting to see, you know, looking back at the history of our of Irish whiskey, you know, how much England played a part in it. Because you know, being being part of the United Kingdom for a long time, right, and being subject to them, they had some of the same problems that you know some of the early Americans had with with being under Britain's rule. You know, they had a large taxation. Which I think kind of came down to where they, where they would cut the whiskey to, to have you know a certain tax level, and you know seeing seeing some of that you know back all the way back in the 1600s, and then you know the whole the whole Civil War within Ireland really hurt kind of the whiskey market for a while because there was just so much turmoil, right, and everything going on. But I, I'm really glad to see that it's starting to come back. Like I, I've noticed in the last year or so, more Irish whiskeys popping up on the shelf that I have never seen before. Okay, yeah. Like you know, Tilling, Tillings, Tillings. It's been yeah. there forever. Uh-huh. Tillings, Jameson, Powers. You know, they've been there forever. But you know, ones like this, like Sexton, Quiet Man, yeah. Um, some of those others are really. It's been really cool to see those starting to come out right and then i also think it's cool that they're starting to use fun barrels because mm-hmm. they can't mm-hmm. you know jameson's got a whole line where they were using old beer barrels yeah i think jameson part i think it was jameson that partnered with guinness mm-hmm. and they would use old like imperial guinness barrels mm-hmm. you know that the beer would ferment in and then they would they would age the whiskey in it or finish the whiskey in it which i thought was just which i thought was just really really cool to see because you know you don't see that really much in no. American whiskeys or or you I mean you don't see it in, in scotch mm-hmm. you see it yeah you don't see them using beer barrels in scotch you see them using well we got the barrel aged beers but we don't have the reverse right and but you do see some in Irish whiskey mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really cool like even I think Jameson had an IPA barrel now <laughs> I looked at the cap uh, cap is really neat uh huh yeah. Did you find anything on it? I did. Like I said, there there's not a whole lot 
on their web on their website or even when I'm trying to search them because I think they're they're relatively new mm-hmm. to the market. So for the listeners' sake, it's like a a voodoo. It's skeleton. like a skeleton voodoo with a top hat. Yeah, it's just so you know, there's got to be some story about that that Alex Thomas has in the back of her mind somehow. You know, I think it's, I think that's cool, and maybe maybe we buy it just yeah. I mean <laughs> because. Oh, this is a cool cap. You know, a lot of people buy wines just because of the wine bottle. Right. Yeah. And like I said, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a hexagon. The bottle is a hexagon. Go check it out on the Instagram. Check out the picture. Which is quite it. interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, it's almost like there, like you said, there's got to be some story because also on the, on the label, there's a guy like there's a horse drawn carriage with a skeleton horse and the, you know, the skeleton driver. Mm-hmm. And you know they talk about you know let's let's raise good whiskey to our lips for time is short and quickly slips. Okay, I believe that. So you know I'm sure there's some story about that got them to this, but it's it's so I, I mean I, I'm just so surprised at this whiskey because it is it's absolutely delicious, and I want more like I want more story like mm-hmm. I want to know why why there's a skeleton on the bottle. And why, why they do this? But there's just I, I can't find the story. Right, <laughs> it kind of bugs me. But so while well you know while we're talking about this, why don't we go ahead and move on to the to the uh, steak? So this steak was a um, bone in New York strip, and because it was there in the grocery store when I bought today, and I sous vide it to rare, and then I just seared it off, and in the sous vide bag there was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, garlic and uh, rosemary. Oh, okay. Really good. Want to try it? Boy, that is good, Josh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Whiskey loves meat. And this whiskey is no different. And this isn't really like, I mean, the beef, you can get the beef flavor, but it's not like a really big beef no, flavor. It's, not. it's really easy, not a whole lot of fat, which is what I like in a steak. And. Mm. The whiskey just, the whiskey opens up a little bit. It's a little bit hotter on the palate, mm-hmm. but you still get that nice honey finish. It's almost like, it's almost like it's a sauce or something that goes with it. Or like you've had a bite of a honey butter roll right after you've had the steak. It is so hard for me. I don't know about you, but it is so hard for me to order whiskey at a restaurant when I'm eating steak. Or even if I'm eating at home. Exactly. I'm always thinking I'm going to go for a wine. Yeah, give me a big cab or give me whatever. Yeah, I want, you might I, go for bubbles. I want I want a wine. I want you know I want wine with it. You know, maybe it's because the alcohol is lower and I can have more with my steak. Because you know, if I have two glasses of whiskey while I'm eating a steak, I'm going to be in trouble. But two glasses of wine is not. You know, I'm not going to have that problem. Okay, Josh, I found it. So good. Oh, the you ref- found the story. Yeah. The reference to the skeletons. The researcher always finds. Well, it. you know, somebody's got to. <laughs> Somebody's going well, to do it. So there, there's the, the skeleton with a top hat, as well as a coach pulled by a skeleton horse, right? Is that on there? A skeleton and a coachman? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the references to the skeleton are associated with the sexton name. A sexton is an officer of the church, congregation, or synagogue 
charged with the maintenance of the buildings and the surrounding graveyard. The sexton is the one that digs the graves. Okay, so it's like a grave digger. Yeah. And he's like the, the graveyard maintenance and the grave digger. Exactly. I did not know that. Now this says, too, that the sexton was likely produced at the Bushmills Distillery in Northern Ireland. Okay. Well, and you know, so that's not on here, and it says it's a product of Ireland. And so it, what may have happened is they distill it in Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. take it to age it wherever, in Ireland. I mean, because it's not a big, I mean, it's not a big area we're talking about. I want Ireland to be Ireland. I don't, I don't need to know there's some boundary where I'm supposed to change my passport or something well i mean we can we can get into the history of that you know oh yeah later oh yeah well that's we need david christopher on to talk about that well when when joanne and i went to see david christopher at queen's college we're thinking and we're on the train we're thinking now is the train gonna stop and check our passport or something because we're going from ireland to northern ireland is that like going from you know, Germany to wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course not. <laughs> right. Well, back then they were both in the EU. You know, now it may be a little bit different. Now with, it might be. With Ireland or with United Kingdom leaving the leaving the UK. Second, uh, second poor. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that one, Josh. Yeah, it's really good. And not like that I I'm s- throwing John Powers away, <laughs> but <laughs> what? So, but that's kind of what I was talking about with the scotch, you know, with, with this being half the price of entry level, some entry level scotches. Right. And the same in my head, in the same price as other mm-hmm. Irish whiskeys, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy that all day long mm-hmm. because it gets, it gets me a lot, a lot of the same stuff as a, as a scotch. Now it is not. I would not call this like a scotch killer. Oh, no. Like we've talked about beer and being like Bud Light mm-hmm. killers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is. Don't bring that up again. <laughs> I did the best I could. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's really, really good. It's smooth. It's easy drinking. It's affordable. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is cheaper than a lot of bourbons nowadays. And I would put, I would put this up against almost any bourbon. Especially in the same price range. I would put this up against 30 40 maybe even $50 bourbon. And I think this would win all day long. Could be. It's so smooth. It's so, but it's got this, a lot of those same flavors. I am digging. I think I hear a podcast this. coming. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll have to do a, a contest, a contest podcast with uh, maybe a guest or some listeners and say, okay, mm-hmm. which, uh, which, which do we like better? Right. Exactly. But I, that's cool to know that about the Sexton, kind of where that name comes from. But I, I think, sort of had that in the back of my mind, but I wasn't sure that's why. I'd... Right. But this, you know. When in doubt, Google it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you can, definitely t- you can definitely tell the care. Not that you can't tell it in the powers, but with this one, they're giving it the time. They're giving it, they're giving it everything that it needs to really build itself up and... Mm-hmm be that good whiskey that it can mm-hmm. be. So we're going to head on to the, the candy pairings. Honestly, I'm going to tell you this. What? When I was doing the research on this, you know, I kept of seeing... chocolate? No, of, the, of my pairings. Okay. I kept seeing 
chocolate, chocolate. Oh yeah, chocolate, showed up everywhere. Chocolate, mine too. showed up everywhere. Right. And then I tasted this. I was like, oh, it tastes like caramel. And oh, they say chocolate. I had some Twix and some Snickers around my house, and I was like, you know what? I think this would be fun because we don't do a whole lot of candy. No, we don't. Especially like just straight up candy. Now that we're heading into you know the Easter season. I just thought it'd be, I thought it'd be really fun. So should Twix be first? That's what I'm eating. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it matters <laughs> at this point. So now is this single distilled? Double distilled? What is it? It's triple distilled. Triple, okay. It's triple pot still. Okay. I misspoke at the beginning say it was done in a coffee still. But it's okay. not. <laughs> it's just so much fun. It's the caramel and the cookie and the chocolate. No, this is milk chocolate. Go really, really well with that whiskey. Because it has a lot of those same flavors. And, you know, you notice the alcohol a little bit more. With right. how sweet this is. With how sweet the candy is. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it, to me, it's lots of, I think it's lots of fun. What do you think? I'm having fun with it, too. <laughs> you know, sometimes we forget, you know, we think really hard about these things. And, you know, oh, let's buy the, you know, the, the dark chocolate, salted, you know, caramel. And we forget these candies. Candies go just as good with it. And, you know, I could see, I could see myself smoking a cigar, eating some of this candy, drinking, drinking this whiskey. Oh, yeah. And not breaking the bank. Well, I was going to do some more. <laughs> this would have been good. But I'd hit the easy button. <laughs> hey. Because this, this pecan pie was already done. And just to be quite frank, the marshmallows that Joanne found the last time we did some more, they're about... Two and a half inches in diameter. Jumbo marshmallows. Jumbo marshmallows. And I was trying to think, okay, now how do you, how am I going to do this in the house? What are you talking about? You My, have a fireplace. I have a fireplace, but it's like, oh, geez. <laughs> this, like I said, I hit the easy button. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt. Take it easy. Yeah. I'm going to try the Snickers. The Snickers is really good, too. I love a Snickers. Well, love these candies bars. Oh my, I love. Of my candy choices, Snickers is above Twix by a long shot. Oh. Oh, man. That's, that's really good. The nuttiness, the nougat, the caramel, the chocolate. Everything plays so well with this whiskey. You know. <laughs> now, what nuts are in the... Peanut. In the, in the Snickers? Uh-huh. Peanut. Okay. Uh, and that was another reason I did two. Yeah, because if you know, for people who who can't have peanuts, right? Um, I thought you know Twix would be a good Twix would be a good one too. Yeah, on the label of the Snickers may contain tree nuts. Well, tree nut peanuts aren't tree nuts. Right, you got to remember that peanuts aren't tree nuts. Well, they are not a lo- nut. And either. when I was looking at the, when I was looking at <laughs> cheese, it said may have come in contact with. Nuts. Yeah. Seafood. And I'm going, seafood? How in the world does cheese come in contact with? in the same processing. Oh, so, yeah. So you were talking about that cheese. I meant to say this earlier. That same area where this cheese is made is where that five farms come from. Exactly. So if you think back to the Holiday Sippers episode we did, and I talked about the, the five farms Irish cream, that's kind of that same area where that cheese comes from. So that's down south, and both of these whiskeys are more in the north. Yeah. More made in the northern northern areas. So, well, give me some of that cheese. I want to try that with <laughs> well, this. Okay. With this, there you go. There's what do, what do you think? Did you try that? I have not tried it. Okay. Well, while we're trying this, we need to start thinking about what our favorites are. 
Oh, man. <laughs> it's going to be tough. As it is with liquor, because we're drinking a lot of liquor. But. All right. Ooh. That works well. Not as well as the John Powers. Not as well as the Powers. I don't think the cheddar is sharp enough. But. Well, let's. So let's talk about our favorites real quick before we head into the blind. I'll uh, let you start. So with the, the, with the Powers plate that you did. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite was the cheese. The way the cheese coated your mouth and worked with the whiskey, I think, was was just superb and was absolutely amazing. What about you? I'm all over that, too. Yeah. I mean, the, the pecan pie was very good. Mm-hmm. And the classic. I mean, how can you go wrong with the classic? Exactly. But the cheese, it just, like you said, it, the coatingness of the, of the whiskey, the coatingness of the cheese, the nuttiness that the cheese imparted, it just, yeah, it hit a home run. Yeah, it, it really gave it really gave the whiskey something that needed a little bit more of, which was great. All right, so what do you think about my plate? What was the best pairing? Oh man, I want to go with the with the Snickers. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going with the pizza. Okay, because the pizza had so many different flavors going on. Right. Was it three meats? Yeah, three meats and the char, and that just went so so well with there wasn't really smoke in your Irish whiskey no not at all but that smoothness and the texture and the char with with the sexton mm-hmm. went so well yeah so that's that's my favorite so i i love the candies with it <laughs> i have such a sweet tooth i knew you were going to do that i have such a sweet tooth and both those candies played so well with this whiskey. And it was, and to me, it was just fun. Now, the pizza and the steak were both delicious. And I agree with you. That char of the pizza imparted some of that smokiness. And the meat played well. But it was the pepper. The pepper got a little bit too. Yeah. The spiciness got a little bit too, too much to me. And that's kind of why I went with the candy. Which, you know, it's just, like I said, it was just fun. I'm going to have to remember to do candy more often. With the pairings, because it, it's, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, it's Girl Scout cookie season. We'll have to start thinking about that, too. Oh, I got some. You want to get them? No, we don't need it. To <laughs> right. Need it right now. All right. But, all right, I think it's time for the blind. blind. All right. All right. So, once again, I am using the WSET, or the Wine and Spirits Education Trust, Level 3 Systematic Approach to Tasting Spirits. This is a clear, honestly, a liquid, a water clear spirit. It is, honestly, it is water clear. So that's about all I can really say on the, on the look of it. I did rinse the glasses with water, Josh. Cool. Okay. Um, oh, <laughs> on the nose what of this, happened? the first thing I'm getting, uh, it's clean. It smells kind of alcoholic. Mm-hmm. It smells kind of tropical. Tropical. And hmm. um, the, uh, the intensity of the aroma, it's, it's pretty pronounced. It is kind of one-noted, though. It's, kind of, it's that tropicaliness that's the only thing I'm really getting. Uh, so I'm going to give it a quick taste, and I'm going to give it a bloom, and I'm going to talk back about the nose again. Ooh. Seems kind of hot. It does not taste like what I was expecting it to. I'm going to give it a it's bloom. It's not absent. Well, that would be easy. No, that was green, wasn't it? Yeah, that was green. <laughs> that was green and smelled like licorice. That's all I needed to know about that. 
So when I bloomed it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really change the, the smell. It doesn't really change the smell a whole lot. Now, I'm going to taste it again. Okay. The taste, it's kind of dry, but there is some, like, it's a sensory trick. It doesn't taste sweet. There's no, like, syrupy sugar taste. But the, 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 the flavor that I'm getting I know is a sweet fruit. So it feels like it's sweet. So I'm not gonna say it's not. It's dry. It is moderately intent, moderately kind of flavored, and it's cherry. It is cherry flavored, and we're talking like bright red Bing cherries, really fresh. Um, we're not talking like any kind of dried. I don't get the color of cherry. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the thing about spirits is yeah, it's, everything distills clear, right? And it's secondary stuff that gives it its color. So I, I think this is, it's going to be distilled from like cherry juice or fre- you know, fresh, like pressed and fermented cherries. The finish on it is really short. The alcohol stays up on the roof of your mouth, but the flavor just dissipates and goes away really quickly. And that alcohol, like I said, it leaves this like nice cherry, like overtone to it. For what it is, it's really good. And... I think it's Luxardo. Luxardo? Yeah, Luxardo cherry liqueur. It, it just, it has that like cherry, full flavored, and since it's not syrupy red, it's not cherry herring. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say that this is Luxardo cherry liqueur. All right. And that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, final answer. Three, you know, two minutes, two or three minutes. There. <laughs> that's pretty How easy. How much alcohol do you think? Oh God, we're talking 40s, 40s to 50s. Yeah. If I had to guess. Yeah. Just on how hot it feels. I would guess 50. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, come back, not next week, because next week is a a cocktail episode. Oh, we're on the cocktail. We're on a cocktail episode, finally. So, next week is going to be a cocktail episode. So, come back the next, both weeks, uh, to listen to us talk and have some cocktails. And then, in our wine week, we'll talk about what what this is as a liquor. So, like I said, three times now. Cocktail week. Dad, what are you doing? I'm doing my famous, almost award-winning... Because I beat him. Huh? I beat you. Margarita. (laughs) (laughs) I beat you in the margarita contest. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, it's really good. So Dad's going to be doing his upshelf, upshelf, top-shelf margarita. And I'm going to be doing another classic, surprise, surprise, and I'm doing a kamikaze. All right. So it's going to be a fun time, and who knows? We may have a third. We may have a third person with us. You never know. You just never um, know. You never know with a cocktail episode. So come back next week, and uh, we're going to sip on some cocktails and just kind of have a good time, and then we'll be back on our regularly scheduled program for a wine episode in two weeks. So yeah. this was a great pair. This was a great, a great tasting, Dad. I, oh, really, I really enjoyed. Yeah, that. your sex one was surprising. Yeah, I really like have that. to keep that on rotation okay you're gonna leave that at my house uh if you pay me 35 dollars, <laughs> i'll leave it with you but you know it was a good one so we'll see you guys next week don't forget to follow us on all the socials instagram facebook twitter give us a like a rating on your favorite podcast platform reach out to us you know chat with us it's been really great to you know hear what you guys are thinking and um You know, just I love getting the feedback. Once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.